Yeah, loving God, we thank you for Phil and thank you for his servant heart and we thank you for the time that he's given to, uh, to reflect and to think uh, and to prepare what's on your heart for us this morning as we continue to learn from you, Holy Spirit, uh, through your letter to the Philippian church and how that speaks to us today in Marlow. I pray that you'd uh, bless him and that we would listen well to you. Amen. Amen. Right, so we're still, we're continuing in the series in Philippians. Um, and last week we did Philippians chapter 2. And this week we are doing Philippians chapter 2. Um, and as it says, it's letters from then for now. And the topic was humility and honour. And Andy did all the hard theological work last week. And so this week, really I just want us to reflect on, well, what does it all mean for me or for us? And one of the things I, I, I when, when I read, so it's a letter to a church, and I, I keep thinking to myself, does that mean, I, I always envisage that's a bunch of people like this in a building. And I think it's probably the wrong way to look at it, because it's a letter to the people both gathered together, wherever they're gathered, or at home, or at work, or playing, or doing whatever. So it's a letter to God's people that knew themselves as the Philippi Church. So a letter to us as individuals here in River Marlow. And last week, Andy used the, these three headings. These were his three headings. So he's talking about the Roman worldview, which is, I guess, a bit dog-eat-dog, dog, try to get to the top. He talked about honouring one another, so how do we build our relationships with each other? And he talked also about Jesus, the Son of God, the humble God that we follow and serve. And he did suggest we pondered on three points during the week, and so I'm presuming everybody who was here last week has, in fact, been pondering on those um, those three points. And the, and the question is, how do you think of yourself? Do you think of yourself as Roman or Christian? Um, and I think you'll remember he had the triangles, which I might mention in a minute if I remember. Um, and what action flows from knowing God? Is that how everybody recalls it last week? I'm glad Andy's not here, actually, cause <laughs> just in case it's not. So... So what I'll do, yeah, I hope he's not on Zoom, is he, Tim? <laughs> so what I'll do is I'll, I'm just going to read the first five verses because I think these are the verses that speak to us about our behaviour, about how does knowing God impact me or not. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ... If any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being in one spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. 
in your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. So that's pretty straightforward and easy, isn't it? So now I've just got a question for you all, and I want you all to answer it. The good thing is, it should only take two or three seconds. And the even better thing is, I don't want to hear your answer. So it may not work quite so well on Zoom, but I'm just thinking, if, if people on Zoom know who will be in this room, but if you think of all the people in this room, my question is, who is the most successful? Now, I don't know who you thought of, and I don't need to know who you thought of, but I guess I would ask, did you think of a person who serves meals for the homeless? Did you think of somebody with the biggest house or the fanciest car? Did perhaps you think of your partner for making such a good choice? Did you, th did you think of someone with the greatest wealth? I don't know, but it's interesting, isn't it? Because we do think of success in different ways. And I've got a few things off the internet, a few different uh, ideas of what success might, might sound like. And these are some of the world views. And really, the... The point I wanted to make out of this is that it does matter because if your view of success was the top one, then of course it affects the way you behave, it affects the way you think, it affects the way that you measure things. And if that was your way of success, and by the way, I, there is nothing wrong with any of these things I've mentioned. There is nothing wrong with wealth. There is nothing wrong with a house or a car. Or a... That's not the issue. The issue is where does it sit in our thinking, in our hearts, in our endeavours, it... because it will affect the way we behave. And if your main driver, as I said, was the top one, there is bound at some point to be some conflict with your walk as a disciple of Jesus compared with your desire for riches. And at that point of conflict, you'll have choices to make. So how should we live? These points that have just come up are points that we've just read the points that Paul was making in terms of how we might live. Now, Jesus, we know, came as a servant God. What is our attitude to serving? We belong to a community. Can a community exist without serving? I'll just flick some of these points up and you'll see I've made a comment after some of them. But I think that I particularly read some of these often quite the wrong way. 
I mean, does like-minded mean we have to agree on everything? I don't think it does. I think like-minded refers to our actions. And if we know Jesus and we follow Jesus, we'll be like-minded in the things we do. What about value others above yourselves? That was a discussion in our household following last week. You know, how do you make hard decisions in life which could affect someone else? So Kathy raised this at home because she employs people and she wants to let someone go. But you know the dev devastation that will cause. How do you make that decision and in your mind think, I'm valuing somebody, how they should be valued? And again, I, I don't think that's entirely what Paul meant. And if we look further down in the same chapter, when he refers to Timothy, um, he says about Timothy, I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare, for everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. So I think when he says value people above yourself it's in respect again of putting Jesus first and the minute you put Jesus first then your value system changes and you will value others and I think the airlines have it right when they have that little spiel before you take off about the masks it's always put on your own mask first and then help others and I think we can't get hung up about the people 13 rows behind but once we've got our own mask, we could get hung up about the people around us because we could notice, we could help, we could be there for them. Um, Grumb, I'd like to argue about the last one, actually. I think we should argue more and grumble less. Um, I think debate is healthy. I think we need to explore how we live together. I think being part of a community is, is challenging each other. We're not good at that side of it. We don't like to say, is what you're doing right? Um, we don't like to share much of ourselves. You know, we're very good at praying for people, particularly on WhatsApp, with physical ailments. But I think probably coming in the next wave of difficulties for most or for a lot is going to be emotional or mental health issues. And unless we share with each other, these issues will all sit under the radar. And I think, you know, particularly with the way things are now, there's going to be financial issues, there's going to be all sorts of issues that will affect people in this room and will affect people in and around us. And the question, I think, that's being raised in here is what can we do with our attitudes, with the way we live with Jesus, that will make a difference in those communities. Now, I think it would have been better if Paul had have maybe given us a list of do's and don'ts rather than this quite general sort of feeling of how we might be. And so I, I think maybe we could have River Marlowe's Ten Steps to Life and maybe this morning we could come up with those ten things that... Uh, means we're on the right track and we're living together well and we're doing the right thing. 
But, you know, the reason Paul couldn't do that, well, who's ever made a New Year's resolution? So even your own steps, if you were to write something like this, how long before you've stopped doing them? And I put ten up there because they fit on the slide, and I guess I think of the Ten Commandments. But we know that it wasn't possible for Paul to write, this is, you should do this, you shouldn't do this, you should do this, you shouldn't do this, you should do that. And yet, somehow, there's something in us that almost wants to be that way. We almost want to have that set of rules so that we can judge well, so that we can measure ourselves well, so that we can um, see where we are on the, on the chart, on the scale. And yet we know that it just isn't right. So now, if we think about Jesus, I'm not sure that he looked like that. Um, The picture is trying to show the fact that actually he was human and he showed us the way. He's our model. He taught us in a human way how we could be. He did many of the things that we do. He slept, he ate, he cried, he was angry, he laughed. Interestingly, he prayed. And he knew how important it was to maintain that relationship with his father. He partied. Why would Jesus go to a party? Well, it's where the people are. That's where he can build relationships. That's where he can do things. That's where he can show his love. And You know, we, we often think of all the miracles that Jesus performed, but how many of the miracles did you notice he said afterwards? Well, that was good, wasn't it? Didn't I do well? And I think the principal message of us listening to what does all of this mean to us today, I mean, it's stuff I guess we all know so well. But the point is, our relationship with Jesus matters. You know, as Al was sharing, I was thinking, you know, sometimes I, the difficulty I have when we sing these songs are about Jesus being high and lifted up. And it, it, in my mind, it creates a gap between me and him, and, I, and it makes me feel unworthy in how small I am. And yet, I know, I, I see somebody like Amy sat at the back there, and you think, well, and Paul, for that matter, sat even lower. But you think they have a baby, or a young child now, In a way, there's a gap. I mean, the child knows there's something different about the parents, but but I think the point is, is what fills the gap? And for me, that's where I have to see Jesus' love filling that gap because then it means I don't have to worry about the distance between. I don't have to worry about, am I good enough? I don't have to worry about what sort of performance do I need to put in. I don't have to worry about being wealthy. I don't have to worry about things that are going wrong. I don't have to worry about 
so many things because that great God who is so mighty, who is so powerful, who is so great, who maybe does feel distance, loves me and invites me. And so I guess I would say, as usual, the most important thing to me is the words of Jesus when he said, he was asked the greatest commands. Simply to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. He could have stopped because he was only asked for one. But he did and he went on. If the first is true, the second must also be true. You love your neighbour as yourself. So the key for us, the key for our success, if you want to be successful, but the key for our living our lives is loving Jesus and making sure it impacts our behaviour. And if you think about um, a community like ours, when we're together like this is brilliant, but we also all go away and do our thing, who wouldn't want to be part of a community that is encouraging, where you're noticed, where you're seen and loved and cared for? Who wouldn't want to be part of that? So I have a... Um, A final slide to contemplate. And then I just thought I'd read one verse because um, it was the verse of the day on version. And when I went to put my my phone on silent earlier, I thought, oh, that's a great verse for today. This is what it says. Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So let's have rivers of living water flowing out of our hearts. Thank you.